Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. Good afternoon, BYU football fans, and welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics tonight. The BYU Cougars faced the 19th-ranked Arizona State Sun Devils. BYU is looking to start the season 3-0 for the second year in a row and extend their home winning streak to 12 games. Both impressive numbers. More on those coming up. Also more on this coming up. They're also welcoming in a top 20 team in Arizona State. There's a funky stat coming up in just a second about what that means for tonight's matchup. My name is Ben Bagley. Thank you for joining us for BYU football. And joining me right now is former BYU quarterback, Riley Nelson. Riley, how are you? Oh, doing great, Ben. Uh, just, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Against Utah, while I was jacked up and nothing could ruin my afternoon uh, a week ago, the little bit of cloud cover and nice breeze has me sweating a little bit less. <laughs> so, uh, at least as far as our setup here on Cougar Canyon, which, by the way, any listeners come on by, come say hello to us. But uh, I'm doing great, not only because of the weather, but because of the impending matchup later this evening. Well, I was just going to start with that. It's like one week ago to this moment, you and I were sitting here. It was a lot warmer sun was beaming down on us and there was an electric fill in the air like you, you and i we talked before the game it's like one of those things as broadcasters you go on the air you're like i don't know why, i don't want to call this on the on the air riley but there's a feeling tonight you like you feel some and it turned out to be a fantastic night for byu you beat utah you beat your rival you start 2-0 fans rush the field it was an amazing event and now there's another buzz in the air tonight a little bit different it's a wide out not a royal house a lot of white t-shirts out here at cougar canyon the band's getting warmed up. The football team's about to walk in front of us. It's about to get rowdy right here in front of us at Cougar Canyon. But there's still that feel. BYU fans are excited about what's going on right now, and that excitement's branching outside of Provo as well. Well, I know the traffic normally comes on the fives, I guess, but uh, <laughs> how I know there's still the energy around is how long it took me to get from I-15 to Lavelle Edwards Stadium here tonight. Uh, the Cougar Nation is excited. They are out in droves. Cougar Canyon is packed. The fans that, I mean, when we first started Cougar, the Cougar Walk here in Cougar Canyon a couple seasons ago, the fans were maybe kind of sparse. Maybe we filled up in the big games, but we are wall-to-wall. This entire walk is packed with fans. In most places, it's too deep. So, uh, yeah, the, the energy and the enthusiasm hasn't waned one bit, in my opinion. And if you haven't come down and experienced Cougar Walk, Cougar Canyon here before yet as a BYU fan, it's worth getting here early enough to do it. Some great booths out here. You get by, come by, watch us muck around and do a show, but also get a chance to welcome the team as they ha- head around and get, head into the stadium. But I was I was talking about the excitement surrounding BYU football and how it branches outside of Provo. It was interesting this week as that spark lit a fire nationwide, and hearing some hearing BYU and Jaron Hall start to grab the national attention of commentators. This week on with on with BYU Sports Nation, Rod Gilmore, who's calling his third straight BYU game tonight for ESPN, talked about how Jaron Hall right now is a legit star in college football and maybe a top 11 guy in college football. Outside of that, you've got game day today where instead of last week it was 
all but only Kirk Herbstreet picking BYU to beat Utah. All but one picked Utah or BYU to beat Arizona State today, and they talk they talk glowingly about Kalani Sataki and what's going on right now with Cougar football. So Lane Kiffin, he's uh, you know he's been he was the kind of the wonderkind a couple decades ago, and he's been around. Currently the head coach of Ole Miss, but when he was at Alabama, he was assistant in Alabama. He coined a phrase that I actually like, and I think it's pertinent uh, to BYU football. And, and now this is for players. This is for inside that locker room, inside that building. Uh, where where the program exists all of us fans we can we should and we should we should bathe in that stuff talk about it send it to our friends get all excited about it but inside that building the coin the term that uh lane kiffin coined was rat poison like if if there ever was an opportunity for a letdown and it can't be a trap game because arizona state's coming in here ranked higher than byu is but i just mean a letdown performance after two strong weeks tonight would be the night so Put if you're a player, if you're a coach, if you're inside the walls of that building, inside the walls of that locker room, you you don't seek that stuff out, and if it passively gets to you, you ignore it and you focus on the task at hand. And I think that's what's allowed Jaron and this team to play so well in these first two weeks. Because right now it's how great everybody is. Well, coming into the season, it was all the questions of whether or not this program and Jaron were it would be able to live up to the legacy that Zach Wilson left behind. So they seem to have a good knack and, and ability to already be doing that. They need to continue that again this week and just come out and take care of business. We'll get more on that on Rat Poison specifically coming up in just a second, but let's get to our uh, our headlines for the game today. We'll start that right there uh, before BYU faces the Sun Devils. Our game headlines, and we'll start with this one. This is the first meeting of ranked teams at Lavelle Edwards Stadium since 2009, when I first saw that stuff, I'm like, there's no way. I'm searching back through. Sure enough, first ranked meeting between two teams at LES since 2009. What does that mean? Yeah, so that surprised me too, Ben, the first time I I heard that. But uh, as I've thought through it, let me tell you a little bit why I think that is. I think BYU has not, uh, you know, since 2009, and, and really – it's rare that we are preseason ranked. You yes. know, we normally have to earn our way into the thing. The second thing is, um, being that we have that BYU has to earn their way into the rankings, they, our biggest, most formidable opponents in the Independence era, to have to come through, come in early in the season. So you know, we've had ranked opponents. BYU has defeated those ranked opponents, but they have not been ranked at the time. Um, and, and then as the season goes on, those you know higher tier schools, they're in conference play. They don't come to Lavelle Edwards, and you got to fill the back half of that home schedule with teams that aren't you know perennially ranked or a, a, a high, have a high prevalency of rank. It's the same dynamic that I think exists. I believe you told me, and t- correct me if I'm wrong, but eight total matchups. Eight times there's been a ranked matchup inside Lavelle Edwards. In 2009, it happened twice: TCU against a ranked BYU team. And then the game we were talking about, Utah versus BYU to close the season. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought that all the days in the WAC and the Mountain West, that that would have happened more often. But th- then when you think about that, you've only got your couple of non-conference. And when you were and when BYU was in the WAC or the Mountain West, most of the time, you know, the team in first place was ranked. But, no, it was rare for them to have multiple ranked teams. So it's not like you were having uh, ranked uh, conference matchups in here. But regardless, great opportunity for uh, all the fans that have come out to support uh, BYU both at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and at home and listening to us 
uh, because these opportunities, as evidenced by the stat you just quoted, don't come along too often. Well, and, and there's only ever, and I'm not going to guess at a number, but it seems like, I don't know, a handful of games, three, five games a week in college football that's a matchup of top 25 teams. There are some great ones today, by the way. If you missed it, we'll catch up on the college score, football scoreboard later on. But uh, th- this is one of them. And then once you have put a match with two top 25 teams, the whole nation has your attention, especially in that primetime 8-15 kickoff spot when nothing else is on. Yeah, most definitely. You get the you get the captive audience. And, you know, for those people that are like, you know, it's been a long day watching college football. <laughs> I may turn in early. They flip on the channel and they see a 19 next to ASU. And, you know, uh, 21, or what do, what do they got? I know BYU is different, the coaches, AP. It's both 23. 23, okay. So you see the 19 next and BYU next to BYU. And uh, you, those people who otherwise would have gone to bed stay up and watch a little bit longer. So, and we all know how much, you know, BYU Athletics loves a big audience. All right, the band's getting warmed up. We're about to get the Cougar Walk going underway right here at Cougar Canyon. But let's get to the second headline. Is both teams coming in 2-0, and but a very different 2-0? Where BYU's had two tough teams against with Arizona and Utah, tough matchups, battling it out to the end. Riley, Arizona State's coming in, having scored 41 points in both their first two games of the season, but those games were against Southern Utah and UNLV, not exactly world beaters. Yeah, and both games were at home. And granted, you could say BYU's had both home games, but still getting on a plane and going down to Vegas, even for a neutral site game, is a, it provides a little bit of a test. I think it's always good coming into a matchup. And don't get me wrong, they're both playing the best team so far in these young schedules. However, the two teams that BYU has played, when you match them up, Southern Utah versus Arizona and Utah versus UNLV, it's clear that BYU has withstood the tougher test and you like that advantage regardless you have to come in and play this game play this game in a vacuum because arizona state poses a unique challenge to both arizona and utah but it is nice knowing that you've already faced adversity against top tier talent and you know how to respond you've already proven yourself arizona state has not answered those questions for themselves here in this young 2021 season what kind of confidence does that give a byu team knowing that they have proven themselves in two tough games I think the biggest confidence gives you, listen, I'm going to talk a little bit later about kind of the formula for, for a meltdown. I think that having played the two games that they played gives them more resistance or resilience against a potential meltdown. I, You know, if they come out flat in the first quarter or whatever, I think they're going to be able to regroup, come out, and overcome whatever may happen in their early goings. That's where that confidence comes from. It's not a false bravado of like, oh, these guys are nothing. We've already beat two Pac-12 South teams. It's more that we have the experience to back up that belief in ourselves. Let's get to the next headline, which is Jaron Hall's star is ascending. We talked about earlier what Rod Gilmore of ESPN said. Also, I I think that Jaron in that last three quarters of the game against Utah was dominant in this game, controlling the flow of the game. It made all the right decisions. My only question is, Jaron Hall in the first quarter of both games, that slow start, can he overcome that slow start tonight? I think most definitely. I think, uh, th- listen, if you were to trade uh, a slow start for a clean, efficient, and at times explosive play, uh, give me that. Versus coming out in the first quarter and, you know, okay, he you know, he amasses 150 yards of total offense, but he turned the ball over once in each first quarter. No, thank you. So if he's, you know, if Jaron's kind of a, proven to be a little bit of a diesel engine that needs a little bit of warming up, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I want to be clear right here. I'm not knocking Jaron Hall because he's been 
fantastic. Just one of those things. Like I was the first quarter. I'm like, what's going on here? Let's get, let's get it going. Let's get it going. Then when he did, it was phenomenal. The next headline is the other QBs really good as well. Jaden Daniels, very athletic, very fast, and has been uh, been fantastic in the first two games. Yeah, and this Arizona State offense is predicated upon the run game and specifically the court. I wouldn't say the quarterback run. You're not going to see him running the option like, you know, those old Nevada teams or like some of these uh, where a, a bunch of design run. But they do rely on him to make leg, uh, make plays with his legs, and they rely heavily on that rush offense. That is priority, priority number one for this Arizona State uh, offense. And we'll see. They're going to come out and try and get it going. We'll see if the BYU defense responds. Coming up next, this is Cougar Pregame Live. We'll go up to the booth, and we'll get to know the full a little bit. We'll talk to Arizona State sideline reporter Jordan Simon. That's coming up next. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. And welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official sponsor of BYU Athletics. And a special welcome to those listening on KSL News Radio as they join us at quarter past the hour. As My, my name is Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson. Alongside, we are live outside of Lowell Edwards Stadium at Cougar Canyon as the football team and band just walked by us into the stadium as they get ready for the game tonight against Arizona State. And it's time right now to get to know the foe. And we're joined by Arizona State sideline reporter Jordan Simone. Jordan, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here, guys. I got to tell you, I've, I've I played in the Pac-12, and I've been to some really cool stadiums and locations. You guys might have my favorite stadium that I've ever been to. This view up in the press box, it's sensational. I mean, it's breathtaking. You get up here with the mountains and the sun hitting them. It's it's pretty cool, man. So I'm I'm excited to be here. Give it an hour and a half when the sun starts to set. I, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm being <laughs> Purple Mountain's stadium. majesty takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> yeah, it, it's beautiful, man. You guys are you guys are doing something right. I called my wife. I was like, "Do we need to move to Utah?" So no, you, you don't. Listen, the, the winter the winters are terrible, and <laughs> it's too crowded. And you know, no, well, I'm kidding. That's why I live in Arizona. You can play golf uh, all year round. <laughs> that's right. Do I need to move to Arizona? No, yeah, just potentially. Kidding, Jordan. <laughs> potentially. Hey, hey, real quick, Jordan. I, you, we, we talk about this game coming in. Two teams coming in at two and zero to face each other. Top twenty five matchup. Only the only the set, first time since this has happened at Velvet Stadium since two thousand nine. But we talked about in the opening segment, Riley and I. Two very different two and O's here with yeah. with BYU tested against Arizona, tested against Utah. Arizona State coming in, blowing out Southern Utah and UNLV. So I'm going to start here with the, with the Sun Devils. What's the confidence level of this team, or what are the knowns about this team as they come into this game? Yeah, well, you know what? They started off slow their first two games, right? They, they came out, and I think it's tough, uh, you know, as, as a player to get up for teams that you know you're supposed to beat the crap out of, right? You know you're supposed to beat these guys bad. UNLV, not a good football team, lost six games last year, 0-6. And, and then Southern Utah, also a team that they should beat every single day of the week. Um, and, and so it's tough to get up for those games. But now they have an opponent where they know that they, they can play, right? They saw the Utah win. They saw the, the, the crowd rush the field and how, how uh, monumental that was for this program. Uh, and so the confidence level is there, right? They're 2-0. and But you got to go into this game knowing that you're going to play an opponent that is very capable of beating you. Uh, and, and so I think that will get them more excited than anything. And they finished last week's game, the second half, 
with confidence, right? They were running the ball down their throats. They were passing. They were able to do whatever they want to do, creating turnovers. And so I think this team is confident, and I think it was the perfect buildup for a team like BYU, whereas BYU played a, a very emotional game against Utah, and I wouldn't call it the University of Arizona a test by any means because <laughs> they are a bad football team, but still a Pac-12 team that's got athletes, right? And so my question back to you guys would be, is is that emotional win going to carry over um, to 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 some, some baggage this week? Yeah, Jordan, that's a great question. I think uh, w- one of the things that is, uh, is fortunate for this BYU team is the C- – the heavy, the upperclassmen, heavy leadership, mm-hmm. uh, even after the game and the press get, because that, as you can imagine, that celebration as that got into the wee hours of the morning, players were already talking about preparing for Arizona and, <laughs> and trying to go one one over or one to know each week. But let me ask you this question from a matchup standpoint: Arizona State secondary, extremely uh, a ton of starts, a lot of playmaking ability in the back end. But BYU, what, how they were able to break the streak against Utah was really win the game up front with their front five or front seven versus Utah's defensive front seven, which is perennially very tough. Arizona, Arizona State's strength of the defense is its secondary. Are, are the front seven good enough to be able to force, to take away the run from BYU and force Jaron Hall to test that secondary where can they can have the opportunity to create turnovers and make plays defensively. You know, every year is a new year, right? And, and it's it's you know everybody wants to go back to last year and the amount of starts. And you know this is this is a team in Arizona State that that's got experience all over the field, right? Their secondary has the second most starts of any secondary in the country. They've all played together for a long time. The linebacking core is full of uh, of seniors or, or or guys that have played together for three years now. And then the defensive line was really the surprise of last year. They went to USC and were able to manhandle a team like USC that usually has the biggest and strongest, most athletic offense and defensive lines. And so they've been tested. But I'll tell you what, there's something different in the water here in Utah when you talk about the Utes and you talk about BYU with with these guys that are just they're 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 breeding defense and offensive linemen, tough-nosed players. I played at ASU from from 2013 to 2015, and I'll tell you what, every time I, I played safety, so every time I knew I was going to play Utah, I had to bring my lunch because they're going to play a tough game, and, and you guys beat them last week, and, and you guys beat them uh, uh, physically at, at the game that they usually like to play. And so ASU had to watch that film and go, no, and, and no, hey, we're going to be in a really physical ball game here. we got to get ready. Bring your lunch every play because these guys are going to hit you in the mouth. And so my, my response to that would be is, Hit them right back. Hit them right back in the mouth, uh, and, and let's let's try to out physical them, beat them at their own game because they're very capable of doing that. Herm Edwards has said since he got here, he wants to run the football, uh, and, and, or excuse me, run the football and play good defense, which is stop the run, right? Uh, especially on the road uh, in an environment where it's going to be extremely hostile. And I can see all the students running in right now. This is a really cool atmosphere, <laughs> and you can just tell how much it means to them. So, so looking forward to a really exciting game. But yeah, they've got a tough matchup with uh, the front seven. Jordan, you look at you look at uh, ASU, what, a very dynamic quarterback and an elite athlete in Jaden Daniels, and and sometimes when you start talking about a quarterback who is an athlete, they're like, well, how can he throw, or how, how's his arm? When you look at Jaden Daniels, where is he at his best? Is it when he is in the pocket, ready to throw? Is it with his legs, or where does he just exceed beyond yeah. measure? I think his best quality is that he's smart. He doesn't turn the football over. I think he's got two or three total interceptions in his career, starting starting three years. So, really impressive stat. He's just smart. He, uh, you know, quarterback is a position that's played between the ears, and obviously, it's nice to have a guy like Jaron Hall or Jaden Daniels that can escape the pocket and, and make some big plays with his feet. But Jaden's just 
smart. He's, he's going to take what the defense gives him, um, and he's continued to do that. I, I haven't seen him really blow the top off a of defense, right? We haven't had some super long plays or, or anything like that, and so they've, they've been a little off in the first couple of games. So it'll be interesting to see how he can uh, adapt tonight to a BYU team that's, that's frankly got a really good defense. Uh, and so BYU, this will be their toughest test as well. I think their offense is a lot better than uh, than Utah, and especially with the bad turnovers that Utah had in the first half last week. So uh, if he can take care of the football, they're going to try to run the football. And I, look, I think this is old smash mouth football, physical, run the ball, stop the run. It's exactly the kind of game that I like to watch. Jordan, outside of the, you know, those those foundational principles of running the ball, establishing the run, and stopping the run on defense. What is, what is I guess you can call it, priority number two for Arizona State in order to come out of Provo with a win here tonight? Man, I would say stretch the defense. They haven't shown, uh, you know, as I said before, that they can really take the top off of defense, but they've got the receivers and athleticism to do it. Elijah Badger is a kid that you might hear his name tonight. This is going to be his first game playing for Arizona State, and he's a guy that's got speed. He can do it all as a receiver. Um, so that's that's really the next step that I'd like to see. They've, they've had some intermediate passing, um, but I want to see the deep ball. You know, they, they run the ball so much, and, and our offensive coordinator wants to hit those big play-action bombs, and they just haven't been there yet. So um, if ASU's offensive line can do a good job of, of keeping the pressure off them, we should see a, a, a lot of deep balls tonight. Hey, Jordan, we appreciate you rearranging your schedule, taking a break from your pregame show to join ours. Hopefully it's a great game. Everybody's entertained tonight, and you have a great call. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Good luck to you guys, and go Devils. <laughs> <laughs> go Cougars. No, that's, right. that's what you say. Hey, Jordan, thanks so much. That's Jordan Simone, uh, ASU sideline reporter, giving, giving us some knowledge about the Sun Devils. We'll talk more about what he had to say, but coming up next, where are the BYU tight ends at? Well, Kalani Sataki discusses that very thing. Coming up next in Cougar Cuts, you're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Listen up, Cougar fan. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pre-Game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, and it's time on the pregame show, Cougar Pre-Game Live, for Cougar Cuts, which means we get to listen to sound bites from the week from your BYU Cougars, and we talk about what's being talked about by the team. There's no question that all the preparation that went into the Utah game last week paid off in a big way. And head coach Kalani Sataki has one thing in mind going into this week against Arizona State. He wanted to see his team with the same amount of preparation. Let's just do the exact same thing again. Let's have that same type of mindset, that same type of focus, um, and the same type of intensity that we had coming into the practices and into our meetings and let's duplicate it because I think it was nice that the players had that opportunity to do that and, and saw the success that we had from it. And so let's try to have that same type of preparation, which Lavelle Edwards was really big on. And, and I'm glad that we were able to have that work and have our guys. Um, that was different than any other week that we've seen. And, and I have to give a lot of credit to the coaches, the assistant coaches, and, and to the, the leadership on our team. So we're going to try to get that rolling again and do it the second time. Riley, you've been in these locker room situations before. You're coming off of a big win and a big game. You're juiced, you're excited, then you got to get up for the next game. 
as, as a guy who was a leader in that locker room, what is, how do you keep sure, make sure everybody's focused and that same amount of preparation and passion goes into the following game as well? Well, the first, you practice, you come out Monday for walkthrough after film. That's really just kind of letting, you know, getting the soreness out and kind of running through. You not really have the game plan. So, but that Tuesday practice is the key one. And how, how you don't come out, you don't assume that guys are going to, you know, come out and rest on their laurels. You assume that guys are going to come out and take care of business. And then that Tuesday is the real litmus test. And depending on how practice is going Tuesday, you may need to, you know, light a fire under some guys or you let it roll because guys are handling their business the right way. I think this team had a very high chance given, you know, the comments after the Utah game and the level of maturity and leadership we've seen thus far that, uh, you know, I got to imagine they came out and just took care of business as usual. Also, uh, as indicated by Kalani, from his and the coaching staff's leadership as well. Well, it's normal for the offensive side of the ball to put up, uh, to get the most attention. BYU's defense has been solid. Heading into tonight, the Cougars' defense is allowing just 16.5 points per game and just three touchdowns on the season. Defensive lineman Lorenzo Falatea was asked if he thinks defensive coordinator Eliza Tuiaki is underappreciated. Yeah, I felt like he is being underappreciated. From the past years, Diaki, we just all trust in him and everything that he does and what he calls. And But Diaki is a guy who doesn't, you know, like doesn't care if he's appreciated or if he's underappreciated. He's just a guy who does his job and he's a player's coach as well. He listens to the players and we listen to him and our system has been working and we just, our whole defensive side, we all trust in Diaki and the rest of our coaches. You, you look at it, it was kind of funny. Uh, I, I don't Funny, maybe but the wrong, wrong word. It was interesting after the game last week, Jaron Hall in his post-game interview, quick to point out at the end, hey, let's talk about the defense. Then Kalani Sataki with you and Greg in the post-game show, hey, let's give some praise to Eliza Tuyaki and what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. After after a couple of years where people are like, we want to see more pressure, we want to see more aggression, you're seeing it in the first two games. Timeliness is far more important than you know committing to a yeah. to a style, right? Who's your opponent? What? How is the flow of the game going? Where can we exploit? You know, what have they come out with tonight, and where can we exploit that? And I think Eliza Tuiaki. And listen, he was a first-time coordinator when when he came here, and just like we all, as we you know, whether it's a player as they mature for, as a freshman or sophomore and onto an upperclassman, or any of us in our day jobs, we get better as time goes on give him credit for sticking continuing to develop himself as a coach and as a coordinator as a play caller and as a schemer and he's done a tremendous job can't wait to see what he dials up tonight well and you talk about timeliness it was interesting last week against utah whether it was a fourth down stop or all the third down stops they got or when the team needed a turnover when utah was driving it was those big moments in the game that the defense came up with the biggest plays no question about it, and you hope to see it again tonight. You don't, I mean, what good does pressure do on first down and whatever? <laughs> you know, save it for those big spots and those key moments in the game. Credit Coach Tuiaki for having a good sense for that, but also I think Coach uh, Sitaki, I know he has a big hand in, you know, both on offensively and defensively. Uh, defensively, like, all right, time to dial up a blitz and, and let the dogs loose, and then offensively, all right, guys, this is four-down territory. Let's get super aggressive knowing that, uh, you know, we got four downs. So uh, the whole coaching staff, I think, is just really in a rhythm with each other, and, and it's showing out on the field. We talked about this in the tease coming into this segment. One of the areas that was talked about as a strength for BYU heading into the season was the tight end position. Through two games, tight ends have caught it to Olav three passes for 26 yards. Coach Sitake discussed the perceived lack of production out of the tight end position. 
the production you guys are talking about catches but look at the production they're doing blocking you know that it just doesn't come down to them catching the ball they, they do everything else out there that we need them to do and that's protect the quarterback sometimes and in, in pass pro and also um, to get yards for our run game and so when we're talking about stats whether it's the quarterback or the receivers or the tight ends the, the stuff will happen I don't think you force feed something but I think uh, you look at last year's games and you look at, at teams that are defending us they, they know that the tight end is, is, is a viable option for our quarterback and so it's not a surprise to anybody but um, it's just going to have to we have diff- different options a lot of different places at running back at receiver and at tight end so so it's just a matter of what the defense does. It's not like we're just going to force feed guys when 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 the, the defense is taking it away. Complaining about Jaron Hall's first quarter performance a little bit. As fans, <laughs> you get picky about certain things, yeah. and there was this high expectation uh, for that tight end position coming into the season. And people are asking about it, and Connie's just like, hey, guys, look at the production they're doing blocking. The catches are going to come, but just look at what they're doing to contribute to what's happening right now. Well, we talked earlier about rat po- external rat poison, the media hype, and, bl- and reading your own press clippings and what that can do to a team. You know what else? You know what good teams don't do? They don't keep score. They're not sitting there doing pe- playing petty games of, oh, he's got this many targets, he's got this many catches. They only care about one score, and that's the, the, the score on the scoreboard. That's about what can I do to help us move the ball down the field, put the ball in the end zone. Uh, defensively, what can I do to do my job to keep the other team out of the end zone? And at the end of the day, th- we talked about interesting stats. Here's another interesting stats in the history of football, and I've checked and all this. The team with more <laughs> points at the end of the 60 minutes wins the game. That's been 100% of the time, so that's the only score that matters. Can, can we get our fact-checkers on that? I want, I want to double-check that. I stuff. already got that. It, it, it's funny, though, because it's not just fans and it's not just the media. Like, talking to Dennis Pitta this week, he's like, come on, man, where's our tight ends at? Now, this is a former BYU great tight end, a little partial of the position, but he's like, Where's the tight ends at? But you know what? That's the nice thing is, and maybe it speaks to a, a bigger, not problem, but a bigger positive right now at BYU. You got the Nakua's back last week. You get, you got just depth and just embarrassment of riches at the skill positions right now for BYU. To Coach Satake's point, look, I'm going to challenge our listeners, and it's a little bit harder, but if our listeners can get, you know, get to a TV tonight, don't watch the ball. If you're worried about the tight ends, you're really concerned about where are they, what are they doing, watch them because they are extremely involved in this, and they are they have been a vital part of the offensive success early on in the season. It doesn't happen to come by way of, of receptions and touchdowns, but they are, they are contributing as much as any position group on this offense. Coming up next, it's time for Shep Talk. Jason Shepard sits down with BYU linebacker Max Tooley. More pre- Cougar pregame live coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Max Cooley is a part of the BYU linebacking core here in Provo. As a, it's a position of a staple for BYU football. The Bountiful Utah native is a redshirt sophomore and is the subject of this week's Shep Talk with Jason Shepard. I know everybody wants to push ahead to Arizona State. That's the game this week. I totally get it. But hopefully you will allow me at least one question about Saturday night. I want to know from your perspective, 
put it into words what it feels like to be a part of the team that finally broke that streak? There's a lot of words I could use, but I don't know. I feel like the one word that I've just always thought is historic, you know, um, not only has it been a long time, but, you know, it's one of those games, especially a rivalry game against Utah that I'm going to be telling my kids about, I'm going to be telling my grandkids about, and just to think of, uh, you know, how, how it will go into the history of BYU football, a lot of the new changes going on. I think that's just a good word that I've been able to, you know, think of the game as. Beyond just the outcome, the energy at Lavelle Edwards Stadium was, I mean, it was infectious. Have you had ever played in, in an environment like that before with when the energy was that ramped up? I've definitely played in games close to it. Obviously, it's been a while since since last year. And we had a couple games with fans, but you know, there wasn't any really big rivalry games where we had Lavelle packed. Um, but I think probably the last game was USC a couple of years ago. That that game definitely had similar you know vibes to it. Um, you know, with the fans rushing with a big upset um, against a pack ranked Pac-12 team. I think a lot of it was very similar. But obviously, having the taken into to account that it was our rival this week and the fans the fans knew it. You know, we all knew it as a team. We it wasn't just any. Uh, opponent was a rival and meant a lot to us and having that environment was awesome. Well, and people were wondering if you were even going to be able to play in that game. You obviously did. I've got to imagine it probably as long as, as long as you could get out there, you were going to play. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. That's how I've always been. And you know, I was going to make an effort regardless. So take me through the letdown question after such a high and such a performance like that, how much have you guys had to fight or have you had to fight against a letdown against Arizona State? You know, that was uh, one of the big things that, you know, Kalani pressed us on, you know, Monday. We had that moment, obviously, at the beginning of each week where you go over the win or the loss. And uh, we had our we got our celebrations out. We celebrated after the game. We've all made it a a point of emphasis to not overlook Arizona State by celebrating for Utah. We understand that it's, you know, it's a professional business, you know, obviously not legitimately, but um, it is. You got to take care of your, of your business each week. And just because you win one game doesn't mean anything if you can't win the next one. So we're just, we got our eyes looking forward to Arizona State trying to avoid uh, you know, that letdown at all costs. Your tour of the Pac-12 South continues. Obviously, Arizona State in town, two ranked teams in this matchup. They run the ball really well. That obviously includes a very dangerous quarterback in Jaden Daniels. How do you keep a guy like that in the pocket and keep him contained so that he can't use the athleticism against you? I mean, yeah, it's just it comes down to game plan. Um, our coaches, we trust our coaches that um, they'll put us in the right spots to to especially contain this quarterback. You know, he's a great runner. Um, um, I think we got a good game plan so far going in. Um, you know, once we can take away some of his first options, I think uh, our, our defense will really show dominance in, uh, in the game throughout the game as we take away his options. So, How much has it helped during practice go, go up against a quarterback like Jaron Hall, who has very similar skills? How much can that help in preparation for a quarterback like Jaden Daniels? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Jaron is a, a special athlete and, you know, there's not a lot of college football quarterbacks like him. So going against him every day in fall camp and most days throughout the week is, uh, you know, something that we really uh, 
we look we look forward to in preparing for a good quarterback like that. Um, he really does help us prepare a lot. So that those reps are really important towards our preparation. I talked with Peyton Wilgar uh, before the Arizona game. He was our pregame guest that day and obviously talking about the linebackers and that position at BYU is such a strength. What do you think makes you guys so effective as a group? I'd say we're the most intact uh, position group throughout the years. We, Me and Peyton and Keenan especially, we've had a lot of time together and Drew and some other guys that um, – you know, are, are backing us up. Um, obviously, Ben's been here for a couple of years. I feel like we've, we've spent a lot of time on and off the field together, and I feel like we've grown. Um, we've built that bond that I feel is important in any position group. We've taken that, especially the past couple of years' experience, and just uh, been able to build upon, like, a leadership-based uh, uh, position core. At BYU, you've played linebacker, then you've played some safety. Then you're now back to linebacker. Tell everybody a little bit about your journey at BYU. What has the Cougar experience been like for you? It's definitely been interesting. You know, each year it seems like I'll be playing a different position or spring spring ball they'll try to throw me in at safety to see if it can work. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of great athletes at BYU, a lot of people that can do a lot of different things. So, you know, that's something that BYU is known for is just having guys that are willing and able to play multiple positions. And I think, you know, that's a positive thing in however, whatever way you're looking at it. So uh, the fact that they're willing to, like, trust me to play different positions and shows that they just want to want me to develop as a player as much as I can. So, All right, Max, let's get to the final four. We're going to wrap things Alrighty. up with the final four questions. This week, you guys are going to wear the white uniforms, but the question is, what is your favorite BYU uniform combination? I mean, it's hard. After last year's uh, blackout against San Diego State, that was, uh, you know, obviously those are those are older jerseys from years past, but those were some clean jerseys, clean uniforms. The helmets were nice. But, I mean, as a jersey that we regularly wear, I would say the all-white with the Royals is my favorite. I think it's – can't go wrong with all-white. The song, group, or artist that you're embarrassed to admit that you like – up until recently, I feel like every uh, band I liked, I was a little bit self-conscious of just because it wasn't quite the same as everybody in my you know, social circle. I definitely, I don't think I'm embarrassed to like any music, to be honest. I, I take pride in the, you know, the smaller bands that I like, but I think one that often uh, people are a little bit shocked about is I, I mean, Lumineers are like my favorite band ever. And okay. you know, I'll listen to them to prepare for games. It doesn't really matter for me. I just, I've always loved them. Okay. So I think that's a shocker for some people. Okay. Who's your favorite athlete past or present? It kind of changes each year, you know, uh, different phases of life. Growing up, it was always LeBron James. You know, I always thought he was the, the greatest of all time. I've, I've kind of grown away from that. Uh, as he gotten further in his career. And now that I, I play more competitive football, I've been, uh, you know, trying to get more into the NFL because I didn't really watch it much growing up. So, you know, Fred Warner, all these uh, becoming veteran linebackers from BYU, I've been big fans of them. You know, Sione Takitaki, big role model for me, especially the guys that I know. There's nothing better than watching guys that you know play well in the, in the pros. All right, last one. The best thing about being part of BYU football is what? I've been thinking about it a lot this weekend and it's shown, you know, through social media, whatever, just the culture that we have here, you know, the culture that especially Kalani creates. I think there's, there's not a single coach in college football like Kalani, the atmosphere that he brings the, 
the love that he shows to Joss's players and the, and the atmosphere that he's created that everyone can feel comfortable. I think that's something that's kind of unmatched, honestly, with BYU. Max, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time. This is the first time you and I have ever had a chance to talk. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck against the uh, Sun Devils. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. There's, there's Shep Talk with Max Tooley coming up next. It's a QB read. And Riley's going to educate us about QBs and their feet. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It's time it's time we do this every week in Cougar Pregame Live for the QB read with Riley. Last week, you surprised us with a special guest in Max Hall. This week, what do you got for us, Riley? Max could have been appropriate for this week as well, given that he was uh, Arizona State initially a, a commit and even went there for a year out of high school before transferring to BYU. A lot of people forget that little tidbit about Max, but no surprise he's back home in Arizona enjoying the warmth and uh, probably a, a round of golf earlier today. No, I wanted to take today's segment in QB Read to discuss. We all know that a running quarterback is a great asset to have, but I wanted to talk about it from the defensive perspective. Why? Why does that create such problems for the defense? Why is it such an asset for the offense to possess? So here's a couple of the things. First of all, it gives the it puts the offense in a position to play 11 on 11 in the run game. Historically in football, the quarterback hands the ball off, and outside of carrying out a fake to maybe cause a half-step hesitation for a defense for a pursuing defensive end, he takes no part in the run game. Uh, I shouldn't say no part. He's involved in checks. But as far as actually targeting, blocking up, and making sure that we have enough guys to block enough defenders so that the running back can run free, the quarterback does not play a part in that, which allows the defense, if they are aligned correctly and they have the correct call, the defense can always have a man tackler. In other words, without running the quarterback, your best-case scenario is that you block all the, mo- the most immediate threats and your running back is going to be one-on-one against the safety which means that hopefully he's great in the open field or hopefully the safety bus, but still, it's one-on-one. You bring the quarterback into play, now all of a sudden, if the offense has called the right play to the right side, no matter what the defense uh, does alignment-wise, that running back, now that would have gone one-on-one with the safety, is now blocking him one-on-one, and there is no one left for the quarterback. Unless, of course, they do something silly like pull a guy off a wide receiver and just straight up don't cover him. So uh, that's the first reason. The second reason is it allows you to create misdirection up front. We all know, you know, the old counter fakes or we know bootlegs and things like that. One of the things that running with a quarterback allows you to do, and BYU does this, again, for my fans out there that want to, or for the fans out there that want to take this challenge, don't watch the ball. Watch the inner line play. It's hard to do because you always want to follow the ball and you want to see where the action is, but the real action happens away from the ball at the line of scrimmage. You are able to, when you have a running quarterback, you're able to do misdirection with your blocking schemes. I'm not talking about ball handling, you know, a fake handoff here, a fake reverse there. I'm talking about this half of the line is giving the defense a read like they're blocking a running play to the running back to the right. 
you sneak a couple guys on the backside. You do you do a fancy ball fake or some fancy footwork in the back, and you send the whole defense who's getting their read. A lot of there's a lot of there's a misconception out there that the defense is watching the quarterback or they're watching the ball fakes. That maybe was in a past era. That maybe was true. Now. The defensive front seven is watching the 5-0 linemen. Wherever they go, that's where they know the ball's going. So BYU actually has been really creative in the last couple years. They'll send their line all the way to the right and have the quarterback run left, and it just gives them all sorts of open field in which to play. The second thing, now, having a running quarterback alone is not enough. You need other threats in the run game. BYU obviously has that in spades with Tyler Algier primarily and Lopini Katoa secondarily. So... Whenever you have a back like Tyler Algier where you can line up and run traditional scheme, you know, traditional zone schemes, traditional power schemes, and traditional ISO schemes, and Tyler Algier is still going to average five, five to six yards a pop on you, that creates a lot of stress because they're, hope, they're just hoping to get you know, a one-on-one with the, running back, with the running back, let alone uh, you know, be able to stop him at the line of scrimmage. You add in the fact that they have to now worry about a quarterback keeping the ball or a quarterback going the other way in a misdirection who is deadly in the open field it just creates nightmare defensive coordinators cannot sleep and then the last thing that it does is all things in great football right which is a which is a chess match and you're always looking for them to bust but if you're sitting there just hoping that the defense makes a mistake against good teams that may never come so you need to find a way to put your, it's all about matchups, and and one of the things that the quarterback run game allows an offense to do is it creates more one-on-one matchups. Like I said at the beginning of this segment, defenses through zone concepts and through alignment and scheme can always they can always have a one and a, a one to one and a half. Meaning you've got the ball carrier, we've got a guy with him, and we've got help somewhere close. When you have a quarterback who's a threat in the run game. That ceases, and you get one-on-one matchups in both the running and blocking schemes. But and here's what I'm alluding to: you run to set up the pass, and you get them in the run game because they have to commit that extra defender to account for the quarterback. Which means that you are putting your defensive backs on islands. And with this BYU receiving crew, man, you're licking your chops. So and you've got two. You got two quarterbacks coming in tonight's game that can use their feet. One thing I want to point out, and, and I, when this happened last week, I looked over to you and Greg in the booth like, did you see that? Was when Jaron Hall, on a scramble, broken play, instead of just tucking and running, he ran uh, laterally well, yeah, behind the line par- of par- par- Parallel to the line of scrimmage and creating openings downfield. That was on the fourth down conversion in the red zone. BYU ends up scoring. As soon as that happened, I'm like, he gets it. Yeah. That, that was perfect. That's exactly what it Just use the threat of your legs to make a play and create something downfield. It doesn't have to be running downfield all the time. Yeah, and all those points that I just mentioned are all in the design quarterback. Those are in the rush game. In the pass game, obviously, anytime you can buy time, extend extend a play, it puts extreme stress on those defensive backs. It gives your wide receivers opportunities to get themselves wide open down the field. I didn't even talk about the threat. I, but, but that's because I think more fans understand the threat that it poses in, this, in the pass game when you can scramble around and do things like that picking up third downs but man it is just a nightmare when a guy can execute that to a high level and jaron hall has proven to do that in each of his four starts coming up next we'll visit with the voice greg rebel just sat down we'll talk to him coming up next cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin byu sports network on the byu new skin sports network
This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU Athletics, and joining us now is the voice of the BYU Cougars, Greg Rebel. Greg, you just got done talking to Kalani Sataki, and I was just talking to Riley about this. I wonder what the coach thinks about it. Through two tough Power 5 games and big-time matchups, Knock on wood someplace, but the Cougars are relatively healthy coming into game three. Yeah, that's usually the concern when you go P5, 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 is when you get to that third game, how have your guys held up against uh, you know the generally bigger, stronger, faster players of the upper echelon of college football? Not that BYU doesn't stand up to that level, but week in, week out, the coaches have always acknowledged it can be a challenge. And that's why a lot of teams like to give themselves a ramp up before they get into league play especially. What did Arizona State do? Played an FCS and a low-level G5. Now they take on BYU. So to some extent, BYU is maybe even better prepared for tonight than Arizona State might be. We'll see if if it plays out that way. But if for whatever reason uh, the Sun Devils don't look as sharp against a team as good as BYU, you may know why. And if BYU looks like full speed ahead, hit the ground running, and this is like more of the same, then we may know why as well. But from a health standpoint, yeah, really, uh, nothing too worrisome for Kalani. We went through the my, my, my spotting boards, and you might see a little more rotation at safety. If they're banged up anywhere right now, it might be at safety. So you might see a few more guys get a few more reps in, in those safety spots, but there's no one that's like a game-time decision. No one's already out. And I think, you know, normally by this time of year, you've, you've got some of that going on, and really that's not the case for BYU right now. What you hope is that it's been another good week for the new uh, the Nakua brothers, Samson and, and Puka. They saw their first offensive snaps last week. Both looked really good. And even though Puka was kind of being uh, eased in, they, they said, he led the team in targets last week. I mean, they threw to him seven times. He only, I think, had three or four grabs, but uh, he was a heavily targeted receiver at four for 37 last week. And then Samson was right there you know, scoring a touchdown. And that's along with the fact that Neal's already proven to be the go-to guy. And then we say, well, what about Gunner? He comes in when you don't expect him to play and has a touchdown catch the game winner. So a uh, lot of good things happening. I and mean, you still haven't really gotten to the depth of tight end yet in terms of heavy target share. Yeah, but I don't think it's a problem. I think it's a luxury more than it is an issue right now for BYU. So, Greg, uh, contrary to people convincing me there are 10 other players on the field, I, <laughs> I have a hard time seeing them. I always just see the quarterback. Uh, and, and tonight we have what appears on the high level to be a matchup between two mobile or running quarterbacks uh, is on the surface level. But when you dig down deep, maybe they're not as similar as they are different. They run differently. Uh, and I think it's an important number, and it's a distinction, that over they both play two games. uh, Jaden Daniels has six more carries than Jaron Hall against lesser competition. He wants to run and will take off to run more readily than Jaron Hall will. As such, he's taken the kinds of hits through two games Jaron Hall hasn't had to take through two games. Now, part of it's a function of competition. You can feel maybe uh, that, that, that it's, it's maybe not as much of a risk if you're taken off against Southern Utah, things like that. But that said, he runs... Uh, not at the drop of a hat, but he's not a guy that's in love with his progressions. He is going to see an opening and go for it. And that's why he's taken a lot of hits between the hashes, whereas most of what happens for Jaron is toward the boundary. He's finding the sideline, making gains, being forced out. He's only been sacked, I think, the one time in two games. Jaron's not taken the kind of hits that Jaden Daniels has taken through two games. And so if I were Herm or if I were his offensive staff, that's the one thing I'd be you know, borderline concerned about is that those same tendencies are there tonight. BYU could make you pay to an extent that maybe your first two opponents did not. 
And so that's one thing I've noticed is that uh, Jaden is more likely to take off. Jaron's a little more likely to let things develop and maybe kind of run as a last resort, although we know how good he can be when he gets out and takes off. And, and not that, you know, tonight's the night to, you know, unleash the secret weapon, but, um, you know, he's been pretty restrained in how he runs so far. One thing I wanted to bring up with you, Greg, is something we talked about earlier in one of our, the first segment of Cougar Pregame Live is BYU's coming in 2-0. They're coming in off of an emotional win against Utah. I heard the talk, I've heard the talk this week among the team. You've talked to some of the coaches and players in, in your shows this week about avoiding the rat poison and staying focused. What, what are you getting the feel from this team and what, from what you've heard this week from coaches about being able to stay focused on game three, not game two? Yeah, I, I really do think you can kind of look at the Utah game as kind of an encapsulation, that it was mission accomplished, and, and they were able to put it to bed after – uh, appropriate levels of celebration, but to get right back to it. And I almost kind of feel, to the contrary, that, that this game can be just about football assignment and performance, whereas there were so many things kind of surrounding even the first game. You know, you could argue, uh, you know, first start for Jaron Hall in a couple of years, NFL environment, the whole first game jitters, do they exist? Uh, Arizona, the to me, I don't think this was played up enough. They didn't play great against San Diego State in their second game. They threw a lot out there in game one that gave San Diego State something to look at. BYU had nothing to look at. And the Cougars spent so much time adjusting against Arizona that it, 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 it changed the tone of that game a little bit. So that was its own little identity. Then the Utah game was all about, and even though the players wouldn't acknowledge it this way, it's about history and angst and streaks and can you finally get it done. This one's okay. Rank team, rank team. Game plan, game plan. Let's go get it. And it almost feels not like a relief, but it can be just straight football and let's see the, uh, who, uh, who the better team is tonight. Greg, um, this BYU defense, we talked about it earlier, the, their timeliness was on full display against Utah. What is your sense? We talked about Daniels' his ability to get out uh, outside the pocket. What is your sense of the aggressiveness, or is this going to be, you know, a la, la, a la two seasons ago against like a USC where they're sitting back and saying, hey, you're not going to be patient enough you're going to make a mistake and we're going to capitalize? Or do you think they're going to go be forcing those mistakes? I think there's an element to that. I think Jaden Daniels is is going to be looking close to the line of scrimmage first and foremost um, for, for targets and or openings to run. That might change the way BYU's defense approaches that part of it. But I do think beyond that, whereas ASU gets all the attention for the numbers of takeaways, they're averaging about more than three a game, around three a game over the last 13 games. It's a huge number. BYU doesn't necessarily have to hunt that, but they've been productive in getting in, in getting takeaways, and I think man coverage has a lot to do with it. I really do think that the ability for guys like Heron and Mandel to match up outside and actually take care of business has allowed Elisa Tuiaki to do some things that maybe he didn't feel comfortable enough to do before. And I do think even though it's only two games and a small sample size, I do think that averaging better than one more pass breakup or INT, right now their, their passes defended number is more than one per game better than it was last year against no P5s. I think that's a good sign for BYU. They're more involved in breaking things up, things up right now than they may have been last year, and I do think that manability on the outside is a function of that. You talk about this game, zooming out from a national perspective on this game tonight. It, the, Riley and I were both talking about it the first to show. It was like first first matchup of top 25 teams in Lavelle Edwards Stadium in, since 2009. Yeah. Well, I kind of shocked this when we saw that. But, hey, it, but, hey, but, but 2009, not, that's, that's the lucky year now. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, well, everybody look back at 2009. Let's just, <laughs> but on top of that, it's now BYU is no longer, after two wins, beating Utah, they're no longer that 
curiosity in Provo. This is huge. This tonight's they're, huge. They're, they're, they're taking up segments on, on game day. They're taking up segments on po- national podcasts about college football. The, the spotlight is right here on Provo right now. Well, we know how it got last year, and, and that was with a non-P5 schedule. That was with just cobbling together a group. But when you know when you go to three, four, five, six and zero, oh, you're in the conversation. And if you're already two and zero, oh, you've already beaten a good Utah team. If you were to beat a ranked Arizona State team, you're going to be again. You're in the conversation heading into October. Not to count chickens, but South Florida is a game you should handle. Okay, so if you get past tonight's game, you're going to be an, likely an undefeated team into the month of October. You're in the conversation again. And now the stakes are arguably even higher than last year because last year there would always be the ability of a committee or whomever to say they tried, but the schedule strength's not there. Well, they can't say that this year. BYU will have landmines throughout the schedule, P5 landmines. There are more P5s in the back half than the front half of the schedule. That's a fact. And and uh, and the way USC looked today in coming back against Wazoo, who's to say that won't be a mega game if BYU gets to that point uh, you know, with zero or one losses toward the end of the year. So there's a lot still out there, but it's the kind of schedule that with the kind of performance BYU's had, it will keep you in the conversation for another year, which would be amazing. Well, let's keep the conversation going and spotlight focused right here in Provo. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate the time. Look forward to hearing you on on the call. call. After a quick break, we'll be joined by sideline reporter Mitchell Juergens. Pre-game live continues. Cougar pre-game live continues right next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the 19th-ranked Arizona State Sun Devils, traveling up from Tempe to Provo for a matchup of top 25 teams at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm joined right now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch. A week ago, we were sitting here getting ready for a Utah game. Lots of Royal shirts around today. It's a wide out in Arizona State, but the energy is still there. Dude, the, I mean, this game day experience, I love that we've moved this down here. I mean, it's it's so cool to just see the buildup so far rather than just doing the show in the booth. And, yeah, you can already feel it. It's, uh, I mean, whenever you're 2-0 coming into a game in Provo, um, it, it's going to be a whiteout. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look so pretty in the stadium. I'm all for, I mean, the energy is going to be high. First world of uh, host problems. I love it on nights like tonight. Month from now, maybe not so much. <laughs> hey, I I take advantage of all these games where I don't have to bundle up in jackets and coats. Yes. And I think my record number of layers late in the season is like eight or nine layers. So yeah, you of all people the, understand that as we sit up in the booth and watch the game. The, the fact that I have one layer on this is this is how it should be. This, so this is what football is all yeah. about. Hey, let's talk about this game tonight. What you, before that? Before we talk about the game, let's talk about the BYU Cougars team. What have you seen in the first two games that have you excited about BYU for game three and beyond? Yeah, it's it's so hard to not – I mean, there's so many things I want to point out. Um, just to pick a couple on the offensive side, the defensive side, first off, the consistent and smart quarterback play by Jaron Hall. Um, no turnovers through two games. Um, I mean, you go look at a guy that's making his you know, third and fourth starts um, – 
you know, dating back to this, or he made two previous starts, right? This is a young quarterback, um, and he's playing like a veteran, right? One of the biggest things that you can do is protect the football, and he's done so well at that, uh, facilitating the offense, uh, making moves when he has to, and, and always protecting that football. So that's, that's the first thing that I've been super impressed with. Um, the other thing is the depth and talent at the skill, the offensive skill position players. Um, our wide receivers, I mean, we saw it last week, just the additions of Puka and Samson to that offense. It opens up so much. There's so many weapons. You cannot just key on one player. Um, and then going to the backfield and Tyler and Lopini, the Titans haven't even been involved yet um, in the past game, at least. And uh, there's just so much offensive depth there where if, you know, someone's in a rut or y- you can rely on so many key players to get you back up. Um, and then lastly, on the offensive side, James Empey. This guy, I mean, the the offensive line has been dominant. They dominated the trenches last week, led by James Empey. I have personally seen him pancake so many players down on the field, and, and he's just looking so dominant. I mean, it's not a surprise, right? He has the talent, um, but it, it's been so much fun to watch him. On the defensive side, um, the overall, you know, the blitz play and pressure applied by the defense is, is something that I think as fans we were all hoping to see. Elisa Tuyaki is... Um, is finding his own as an offensive coordinator, um, and, and this has proven to be so beneficial for the defense. The linebackers are mean, um, and they, they've been very consistent. And then the secondary, I mean, they're, they're stride for stride with these with these receivers asking, um, you know, asking a lot out of them to go man coverage, something that we haven't done much in the past, and they've stepped up tremendously. It's going to be a challenge this week with Arizona State speed, but uh, they've been, I mean, in all facets of the game so far, very, very impressive. Well, now I'm going to flip the question on you. What have you seen the first two weeks? That you're like, okay, let's see him get, let's improve this week on it. Yeah, the the slow starts in the first quarter is is concerning. When you and especially this week when you're going against a high powered offense that can put up points, you can't afford to take a quarter off. Um, and, and we've seen that both in the Arizona game and the Utah game. It's taken a while for Jaron and the offense to feel comfortable, which um, I'm I'm hoping with two games. Under their belt, they can hit the ground running, and I think that's going to need to happen today against Arizona State. But that has been concerning where they have to almost dumb down the offense a little bit just to get um, get people comfortable and then moving. Um, so they can eliminate that step and just start off strong. I think that's going to be key. Um, you know, I mentioned this before, but the lack of involvement of the tight ends in the pass game. Um, you know, so far we haven't seen BYU eclipse 30 points. I think if they're going to get over the 30-point range, you know, put up 40 uh, points in a game to be a very high-powered offense. You've got to find ways to get them involved, uh, which we haven't seen so far. Um, and then to the defensive side, just one thing, um, pursuit angles. Um, we, we saw them struggle against Arizona. They got much better against Utah. But adding in Jaden Daniels, his dual-threat uh, ability as a quarterback, you've got to pursue, um, continue with those angles. Um, and, and, and it's all 11 at one time, right? It can't just be one player. You can't expect the guy in front of you to make the play. Um, and so that's kind of where I want to see BYU improve more, um, especially against uh, the, the mobile quarterback in Jaden Daniels. You mentioned Jaden Daniels, a dynamic athlete and a really good quarterback. What can BYU do in the game tonight to contain him and make him kind of a non-factor? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest thing for, for him is, and, and he's a talented quarterback, so when I say this, it doesn't mean that he's not good in the pocket, but I think 
trying to keep him in the pocket is going to give you the best opportunity to limit his you know lethal threat because when he gets on the run he's very similar to Jaron Hall and when you get that guy on the run he's very dangerous um, and so if you can somehow keep him in the pocket as much as you can I think you're going to limit some of his upside um, as an offensive quarterback um, and then but to do that I think it's key to stay aggressive right and and continue to stay aggressive on first and second down We've seen them do that so far. It puts a lot of pressure. You know, when it's a second long, and, and especially a third and long, it gives so much more of the advantage to the defense. And if they can continue to replicate that process um, and put Jaden Daniels in those difficult positions, I think it's hard for them to sustain drives um, and, and ultimately put up points. And so that's kind of the thing that I'll be watching. Hopefully they can stay aggressive, put pressure on, try and keep him and contain him in the pocket. Um, to limit kind of his lethal ability uh, as a quarterback. You kind of led up to this talking about Jaden Daniels' athleticism, but also the pursuit angles on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Arizona State, one thing that's got some people concerned about this game is their speed. They're a very fast team. Yep. On the other side of the ball, you got BYU, who won. They beat Utah with physicality. I thought one of the most, one of the most. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, but one of the, one of the craziest quotes I ever heard was Kyle Whittingham's post game last week. When I said, I would have bet my house that they would have out-physicaled us, and they yeah. did. They, they, Kyle Whittingham admitting that his team got out-physicaled on both sides of the ball. That's where BYU strength is right now. So what wins out tonight? Speed and athleticism or just grinding them down with physicality? It's It's got to be the physicality. Um, you know, when you look at it, the, the game is won in the trenches. No matter how fast you are, and we saw BYU do that against Utah. Um, you know, BYU beat Utah last week in utah's game right they typically dominate the trenches um we did it this or we did it last week and byu came out victorious um and so i think if you come up with that mentality you dominate the trenches it's gonna start with james empey up front and then tyler algier has been so dominant the way the aggression that he runs with the power that he brings um it's gonna shock some people right um, and, and if they can do that, I think you're, you're going to put yourself in a position. But the other thing with dominating the trenches is you're keeping Arizona State's offense off the field, right? If you can continually march down the field and take up, increase that time of possession. You look last week against Utah, Utah ran 51 offensive plays. You cannot win a football game running 51 plays because that means your defense is overloaded, right? They've been on the field way too long, um, and, and there's just not enough plays to, to score and, and put up points. And so if, you know, if, if BYU can do that, if they can prove to be the more physical team and dominate the trenches, they keep Arizona State's high-powered offense off the field and uh, give them every advantage in this football game. I want to tie two things together here as we close real quick. Is You, you talked about earlier slow starts. Yep. Getting out, getting ahead, which BYU may they may have had slow starts, but they've yet to trail this season. Being ahead on the scoreboard allows you to play that physical brand of football that could be the difference maker tonight. Absolutely, when when you're ahead, you're in control, right? Um, th there's a lot of different strategies there. I've, I, I've even loved to see how BYU has called the game ahead, right? There, there's there's play to win and there's play not to lose, and and BYU continues to play to win, stay aggressive, and when you're in the driver's seat, when you're ahead. You can have that control really determine the outcome of the game with, with your play calling. You're not limiting your playbook, right? You've got every um, option in the playbook available, and they can do just that. And, and I think, you know, we've said it again, Arizona State, with their speed, with their playmaking ability, they can flip the script at any time. And so BOU's got to, you know, stay on their toes, be ready, and continue 
once you, you know, if they do catch that lead early to stay consistent, continue with that lead, and, and uh, you know, it should be a good game for the Cougars. All right, Mitch, thanks so much. Enjoy the one-layer one weather out there on the <laughs> sidelines tonight, and we'll hear you on the call coming up in a little while. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. On the other side, Jason Shepard sits down with Arizona State Offensive Coordinator Zach Hill. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Cougar Pre-Game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official Cougar Credit Union of the BYU Cougars. We're getting you ready for BYU and Arizona State. Earlier this week, Jason Shepard talked to Arizona State offensive coordinator Zach Hill. Here's that conversation. Coach, with two games under your belt, how would you evaluate the offense as a whole heading into week three? I think we're improving each game. You know, I think the more game reps that the guys are getting, um, you know, the, the better you can, you only practice so much. And, um, I know our guys are excited to be, uh, you know, in this environment with, with BYU. And, uh, I know the offense is, um, you know, working to become the, the best we can be. So, uh, yeah, excited for game three. We always hear the cliche comment that you get your, your best improvement from game one to game two. Did you see the improvement that you would want to see after game two? I think you're always looking for, you know, more as a coach. And, and um, I know we got a lot better with our operation and uh, we've got our receivers involved a little bit more. Um, but you're always, you're always looking for as much improvement as you can, you know, and, uh, and the guys are hungry to develop and um, getting the more, more experience. You know, we've got a young, young group of guys, uh, you know, in some positions and, um, you know, that, especially at the quarterback position, you know, with Jaden just getting more reps with, um, you know, some of the younger receivers has been really good. Well, let's talk a little bit about Jaden. Statistically speaking, the bulk of the offensive production, at least in the first two weeks, has come on the ground versus the pass. And obviously, Jaden's skill set leads to some of that as well. Is that what you want this offense to be, or is that just what was necessitated based on the defenses you faced? Is is the goal to be more balanced, or, or do you like where things are right now? Um, the goal is always to be balanced. I think you want to, you know, stress the defense in a lot of different ways, and uh, you want to be multi-dimensional. Um, but Jaden does have a, you know, a skill set to be able to run and use his feet, and uh, you know that makes it difficult on defenses as well. Um, but you know, overall, you know, offensively, we're just we're trying to create explosive plays in a lot of different ways and stress the defense in a lot of different ways. And so uh, we're working on that, and uh, you know, finding out who. Uh, you know, who's ready for these game situations, too, and who our playmakers are. Jaden's athleticism something you just brought up. What else makes him so explosive? Uh, I mean, he's just so calm and cool under pressure. You know, doesn't matter what situation you are in a game. Uh, he, he keeps his head really well. He's uh, he's focused. He's locked in. And, um, you know, he's a guy that, that you can rely on to make plays in, in big situations. And, um, obviously, he's got some physical tools and, and uh, you know the ability to, to run and um, he's a fun player to watch he's a fun player to coach and uh, looking forward to seeing his improvement through this next week well you guys come into this matchup with a record of two and0 BYU also two and0 what uh, stands out on the tape when you look at the BYU defense through two games uh, you can tell they're very well coached I think the BYU coaching staff does a really good job um, you, know, you can tell they're sound they, they know what they're doing in their uh, you know schemes that they're running and um, I think they mix it up really well, too. Obviously, they've got 
they've got you know really good players on all three levels of the of the, the defense and um you can tell they play well together um they're on the same page and um there's not a lot of errors or not a lot of explosive plays being um you know made against them so it's going to be a great challenge for us we know it's going to be a physical battle and um, again, so excited for the opportunity. You're no stranger to playing BYU. For those that don't know, in uh, in your past history, you were at Boise State, so you faced the Cougars several times. Any specific memories come to mind from any of those matchups? Um, yeah, I got a chance to face you know the face BYU uh, a couple times, and I know it's it's always a tough battle. It's always you know interesting. I mean, I remember one at at our place and at Boise where we ended up blocking a field goal kind of to win it um i remember you know losing a few times there it's always a tough place to play you know at you know it's a it's a great crowd and great environment and uh, i know byu always plays really well at home talking with arizona state offensive coordinator zach hill i I do want to ask you about coach herm edwards he's obviously a big personality and everybody knows him uh, such a high profile coach give our listeners an idea of what it's like to work with him and collaborate as a staff yeah, he's he's so much fun. Coach Edwards is you know the same way every day. He's excited. He's he's happy to be around the guys. Um, you know, he's such a, a positive uh, influence on the team. You know, he's got really good uh, perception of just overall. You know, with football and life, and and um, you know, gives our guys such good life lessons and and um, you know, the, just the environment within this coaching staff you know it it promotes and allows for you know ideas and thoughts and people to have their own voice and you know but he he definitely um you know lets coaches be who they are and lets players be who they are um but you know as long as it as long as it's within the team you know structure and and moving in the right direction but uh, it's a great place to work and um, coach Edwards does a phenomenal job with our staff and our and our players Coach, when it comes to Pac-12 play, I know in reading about Arizona State in the offseason and then in preparing, there are a lot of high hopes for what is possible for this team and that this may be the best opportunity that the Sun Devils have had in order to win the Pac-12. Do you guys view it that way? Do you see this team in terms of sky's the limit? I think there's a lot of potential, you know, on this team, and, and we still have to put all that together. You know, it's, and it's week in and week out. Uh, we try to stay away from, you know, looking too far ahead and, and uh, just work on the day-to-day and our process and get better at what we're doing. And um, But I, I think overall we have the capability of being a really good football team, you know, and as long as we stay on the right the right path with, uh, you know, what we're doing and, and how we're doing things, then uh, that'll, that'll give us a shot in the end. Well, it's certainly going to be a good one. I know everybody's uh, excited for this one. Two top 25 teams at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coach, thank you so much for the time and uh, safe travels up this way. All right. Thank you very much. Shepard with Arizona State offensive coordinator Zach Hill. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. It's the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union. 
the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Get you caught up on a couple of scores in college football. I mentioned there's always only just a handful of matchups in tw- with top 25 teams facing each other on any given co- Saturday in college football. Today there's three. We'll see BYU-Arizona State coming up uh, in just a, about a half hour from now from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Two others that are underway. One's underway, actually. Penn State, number 10 in the nation, leads number 22, Auburn, 14-10. That game is at the half in Happy Valley. And then one of the biggest game of the weekend was number one, Alabama, at the Swamp against number 11, Florida. That game was a close one with an exciting finish after Alabama jumped out big in the first quarter. Florida fought back, made it a game, but ultimately falls to Alabama, 31-29. to Coming up next, it's Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar pregame live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. And on a September Saturday night, we welcome you back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah for a meeting of top 25 teams as the number 23 BYU Cougars host the 19th-ranked Arizona State Sun Devils, third straight Pac-12 South opponent for the Cougs as BYU seeks a third straight win to open the season and a fifth consecutive win dating back to last season. I am your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. I'm joined in our Built Bar broadcast booth by the Sling and Scrambling Southpaw, the former Cougar QB, Riley Nelson. And Riley, after two distinctly pressure-filled weeks with uh, multiple subplots and storylines, this week feels more like just good old football. It's not the uh, the opener with the bright lights of opening night in Vegas amid maybe some injury concerns and questions about just how Jaron Hall would take the baton from Zach Wilson. It's not the Utah game with 12 years of angst culminating with an exhilarating win that came the day after a Big 12 membership invite. Tonight, it's just two ranked teams going head-to-head in a late-night fight that could launch BYU right back into the national college football conversation in which the Cougs were involved for essentially all of last season. Rouse, this game is the new biggest game of the year. A win could be massive. It most definitely is, and those dynamics surrounding the first two games of the season that you just mentioned could lead this to a less experienced or a less mature team might let their guard down. But I don't think this BYU team, I don't get any sense that this BYU team has done that. They understand that whenever you welcome a top 20, a number 19 ranked Arizona State team into your house, you have to come out and take care of business. I think this is going to be a slugfest here tonight, and I could be not I could not be any more excited to watch this football that's going to take place here in a few short moments. Well, BYU comes into tonight's game on an 11-game home win streak, one of the longest home win streaks in school history, fifth all-time actually, and the seventh longest current streak in all the FBS. And wouldn't it be great 
If tonight's crowd were to look and feel a bit like last week's gathering when a sold-out crowd brought a game-long buzz and really provided the uh, the energized soundtrack for a rivalry win that ended with a delirious field storming, it was a truly a night to remember during an unforgettable weekend for Cougar Nation. And by the way, excellent work. Kudos to the grounds crew. Grass looks great tonight. Uh, many in tonight's crowd will join the Cougs in wearing white. The Sun Devils of Arizona State are countering with all black uniforms. They have gold helmets as these two teams meet for the first time in almost a quarter century. Coming up next, you'll hear my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's pregame interview next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are live at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the five scheduled late night kickoffs to open the 2021 season. 30 Mountain Time kick for the Arizona game a couple weeks ago. 8:20 last Saturday, 8:20 tonight, 8:20 next Saturday. A more modest 7 p.m. the week after that, and who knows. How many more nighttime kicks will be on tap this season? But either way, the college football game day starts to wrap up along the Wasatch Front, 23rd ranked. BYU hosting 19th ranked Arizona State. Their first get-together since 1998 when Kalani Sitake lined up in the backfield and Aaron Roderick ran routes and handled punts in a 26-6 BYU win. Here in 2021, Kalani is in his sixth season as head coach. Last week, he picked up his 40th career win as the Cougs beat the Utah Utes for the first time in 10 tries. This week, no talk of losing streaks or bragging rights. It's all about playing better than last week and going from 2-0 to 3-0 a short time ago in the BYU locker room. I asked Kalani about what his team has showed him in winning its first two games of the 2021 campaign, and he said, well, the team has showed him he's learned that his guys can play better make better decisions we talked about playing physical but um, not losing that edge and then having uh, you know just being smart about the game altogether and so um, I'm looking forward to them putting it together tonight and uh, you know I think a lot of people just want to keep things the same because we play with high energy and physical football but I think what we have asked is for our guys to play smart uh, poised football in, in addition to um, having a lot of energy and having a lot of uh, you know, effort, but also been playing physical. I think we, our guys can do it, and there's, that's the emphasis this week. But the preparation has been really nice. How does Arizona State compare to the first two teams you've prepared for this year? Well, really physical. Very very similar to, I mean, they're all Pac-12 schools, so the tons of athletes everywhere in, in both Arizona and Utah. And so ASU doesn't disappoint, but you can see the, the type of athletes that they've recruited and, and that Herm and his staff has really gone to, the, the athleticism, the speed, uh, a lot of NFL-type bodies. And so um, this one, I think it's, it's a little different, unique, because they're more, I believe there's a lot of great athletes on this team. Um, but I, th- I think we're a good matchup for them. I, I think it's going to get the most out of us, and hopefully we can perform at our best tonight. Are Jaden Daniels and Jaron Hall similar players in a way? Yeah, I, I think um, I think they both uh, command their offense really well. You know, I, I think they're both efficient. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see the other ten on the field with them. Mm-hmm. If if uh, if that has, I, I think most 
most level uh, P5 level quarterbacks are very effective and efficient players. It's the other 10 and how we can disrupt that timing and how we can disrupt the other guys, the complementary players, that's going to be the key for us. It's not just focusing on one person. I think that's that's how we have to approach this. And I, I really believe that if we do our part, everyone does their 111th play, Simon Sound Football will be in a good, good spot. Not every team's leading rusher is the quarterback, but Daniels does lead ASU in ground gains. Yeah, and he's explosive. He can find ways to extend drives by using his legs. Very similar to our player, but uh, he also doesn't mind just tucking it away and going. And uh, I think um, for most quarterbacks, that's the second thought is the run for him. I can see him. um, That's in their plans. They do a lot of QB run where it's basically set up for him to take the ball and run it downfield so we it's a, that's a little unique different than what we've seen from the first two games uh, we'll just have to be on top of it and make sure we tackle well where you excel in taking care of the ball ASU excels in taking it away that's a real storyline tonight that's right and then I, I think you look at the athletes on their on their team the way that they play aggressive football on their on the defense uh, it's going to be a good matchup for us a good challenge for us we we handled a really good um, defensive quality team last week and did I thought we did some really good things we could have done better uh, and hopefully we can get that improvement from week two to week three and and uh, take on another really fantastic defense how much is playing a a couple of P5s and a couple of Pac-12 teams. Not everyone does that to start a year. How much has that maybe helped in the prep for for week three? Yeah, we've had we've got, gotten kind of used to it, you know. And um, I think what we've always worried about is the damage and the the wear and tear it takes on the team. And um, so the focus was to really fo- get uh, focus on getting more depth and quality depth. And that that's in two ways: bringing new players in, but also developing them and giving them experience. And I think we've done a good job at that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. They'll test our depth a little bit and hope. Hopefully we can come out of this game uh, a little bit more fresh than we've had in years past. So far, it's been good. Knock on wood. You know, we got we've done uh, some good things in the in the last two weeks and stayed pretty healthy. And hopefully we can get that done uh, in this game as well. Yeah. So you just kind of mentioned it, but how is the wear and tear factor coming along for you guys? Yeah, it's there. I, obviously, we 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 know that guys aren't are banged up, but there's a difference between uh, injured and hurt. And we can play hurt. Um, we have to play smart hurt, and we have to make sure that uh, if we're on the field, that we're we're not hurting the team altogether. So. I know guys want to play and they want to make make um, big plays on the field, but I think having the the trust in their teammates to get it done if they can't go is going to be uh, ideal for our, our team this week. And Gunnar Romney's an example of just what you said last week. Yeah, it was hurt, but he said, "I if it's just the pain, I can play through it." And he contributed in a big way. Exactly. And there were times that where he wasn't feeling hundred um, percent, and he had to get himself out of the game and trust his teammates in the wide wide receiver group, and and those guys stepped up too. So it, it's going to take a team effort. Not one person going to win this game. We're going to have to do it together collectively as a team. It's been a long time since we've seen two ranked teams face off here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Great environment, great build-up for this one with two teams playing really well. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the fans are really excited for it and um, really looking forward to the matchup. I, we have a lot of respect for the ASU fan base and, and, and uh, their team. And, and uh, I know a lot of people have a lot of good friends that are part of that that alumni and that fan base. And so we're just looking forward to having a good good evening and having a lot of fun and, and making some memories. And honor a great football team the 1996 cotton bowl team will be out here yeah that's fun i got to see him pregame so i see him the cougar walk and it was so cool to see all the all the, all the big names and the, le- the legends in this game and it's an honor for for us to have them here in a lot of ways last week was one of a kind but if you get that same kind of vibe with the home crowd tonight i think good things can happen for you yeah and, and i think for us is not to rely on the crowd even though i think the crowd will bring it is for us to give them something to scream about so it's it's a it's a, a great relationship that we can help out each other with okay thank you for the preview kalani Best of luck. We'll talk to you post game. Let's go. Thanks, Greg.
That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium where a Saturday night whiteout is scheduled for BYU and Arizona State. Whack rivals from days of yore meeting for a 28th time all-time. ASU's won 20 of the previous 27 get-togethers, but BYU has won the last two meetings in 1997 in Tempe and 1998 here in Provo when Kalani Sitake had one carry and one catch in a 26-6 victory. Tonight's game was to be the back half of a home-and-home that was to have started last season at ASU. COVID canceled that. After tonight, the team's next slated to meet in 2032. So 11 years hence down in Tempe. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Joined by engineer Michael Wimmer and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens comes to us from field level and in the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our booth host is Ben Bagley. Our stats man is Ralph Sokolowski. And our spotter is McKay Perry. Our in-studio engineer is Sean Fay. Our Cougar Canyon engineer was Barry Squires. Coordinating producer is Terry South. And our control board operators are Corbin Radford and Andrew Hare. Our broadcast interns tonight are Trevor Rich and Bryce Noakes. You are tuning us in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are heard on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, the KSL app, as well as on BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com slash live radio. In addition to our over-the-air network affiliates in Utah and Idaho, you can hear broadcast archives, highlights quarter by quarter by getting the BYU Football Podcast. Please do that. And also by looking up BYU Football Archives on the BYU Radio app. So, a ton of ways to hear us live and on demand. Hope you enjoy tonight right along with us. Well, tonight's matchup is a meeting of ranked teams. BYU, though, one of only two teams in the AP Top 25 that have secured both their wins and their ranking by defeating two Power 5 programs. Both of BYU's victories came against Pac-12 foes, Arizona and Utah. And by the way, the Utes struggling and trailing by 14 at San Diego State tonight. The ASU Sun Devils, meantime, they have wins over an FCS opponent, Southern Utah, and a UNLV team. The Sun Devils trailed late into the second quarter. Yes, many of ASU's impressive stats have staying power over multiple seasons, but... I'm just not sure how much we know about how good this ASU team is yet. I do know that if ASU is for real, probably see it here tonight because this is a confident Cougar squad and the home crowd plus some altitude will be a handful for Herm Edwards' squad to handle. Conversely, Riley, as good as Utah was, or at least last week as good as they were against BYU, Arizona State expected to be better. I'm genuinely intrigued to see how this one plays out. You and me both, Greg. I think back to 2019, Herm Edwards' first year at the helm of Arizona State. 
Daniels makes his uh, debut as a true freshman, and they come up with a couple big-time primetime wins, and it would look like Arizona State was primed to take over the Pac-12 South for years to come. They sputtered last year in the COVID year. They've come out and have not yet uh, and are yet to be tested in this young 2021 season. Well, I'll tell you what, they will be tested here tonight. This BYU team is battle-tested. I think they're ready to go mentally. I don't think, uh, while they will face some adversity, and I wouldn't be too surprised to see a slow start, I think they are ready for the challenge at hand here tonight, which is a very good Arizona State uh, game and I think this will be a slugfest of a football game. By the way a little rainfall has uh, swept through Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We had it like late third quarter early fourth quarter last week. Tonight we're getting it in pregame. Maybe just a passing squall as last week's was. We shall see. More of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show is straight ahead but before the break this reminder to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues right after this, live from the Edward Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, last week's win over Utah gave BYU three wins in four. Jaron Hall starts at quarterback after leaving each of his first two starts in 2019 with injuries. Hall has gone all the way in weeks one and two this year. He's been excellent in all of his starts, including those two back in 2019. And he's still yet to turn the ball over as a starting QB. He has made the first 104 pass attempts of his career without an interception. He puts it away when he takes off. Riley, Jaron Hall is a unique combination of both really exciting and judicious. Most definitely. Another way that I would restate that from my point of view is he's able to still be aggressive and produce explosive plays but not be reckless at times. As, as one who, I, you know, I prided myself on always being able to make a play, I, I also at times struggle with turnovers. So, um, you know, to see Jaron do this, it's incredible. Listen, this Arizona State team prides themselves on turning the ball over, especially in the secondary. If an interception happens tonight, I, I don't think we're going to sweat it. It's bound to happen at some point, and quite frankly, I, as the momentum builds on the streak and more people talk about it, I'd rather get it behind him and let him just go out there and play free and clear. But he's done that and been also able to um, avoid turnovers, which is the best of all worlds. Now, we already know how much of a game-breaker Jaron Hall can be with his legs, but uh, O.C. Aaron Roderick is determined to not overrun Hall or expose him to too much danger. First game, he had five carries, 36 yards, one sack. In the second game, the carries number increased to eight, and his rushing yardage increased to 92. He would have been well over 100, but uh, for stepping out of bounds on what could have been a long TD run uh, of FBS quarterbacks with at least six carries per game, he's first nationally at 9.85 yards per tote. Now, Riley, he doesn't always need to run, but when he does, he tends to really make it count. Yeah, and he doesn't give any... There are no wasted rushing attempts for Jaron. When I say that in the passing game, I, there's been opportunities. I've seen him. There's been first down and early downs versus second. First down's there for the taking with his feet. Instead, he moves laterally. He extends the play behind the line of scrimmage. He's been able to capitalize on open wide receivers down the field. So as long as he continues to do that, keep himself out of harm's way. Listen, he is an explosive athlete who is as fast as any DB that's out there. When you have that those kind of genetic gifts and that skill set, you can, if you choose to and are smart enough, you can keep yourself injury-free. He's done that so far in this young 2021 season. 
Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU extremely comfortable in the red zone. The Cougs are among the FBS teams still perfect inside the 20-yard line. BYU 7 for 7 in red zone scoring. 5 of 7 are touchdowns, and 4 of the 5 TDs have come through the air. But none have been courtesy of last year's red zone target magnet Isaac Rex. Riley, Aaron Roderick has quite the mixed bag of red zone options. They love looking for Neil Pau, but Tyler Algier, Samson Nakua, and Gunnar Romney also have TDs from inside the 20. When BYU gets into a scoring position, they've always come away with points and no, no red zone turnovers. Which is, those are absolutely drive killers, they're momentum killers, and they're momentum swingers within a game. I think that's how they've been able, listen, this BYU team, I don't think they're a, they're not built like a 4 by 100 relay team. They're not out there, they're not track stars. Rather, I think they're wrestlers. They get, they get control of the game in the early goings, and they just grind away at you, both offensively and defensively. And how they're able to do that is they don't let the defense take advantage through turnovers, especially turnovers in key spots, like you just mentioned in the red zone. Listen, I know a lot of people are worried about the tight ends getting their target and getting their ball and getting everything in the red zone. My, I challenge our listeners out there, if you got the TV on while you're listening to our broadcast, watch the tight ends and how they are contributing in such a productive manner to this offense and other facets outside of catching the ball because the looks that they're presenting, the, the contributions they're making to the run game, and the plays that they're opening up to Jaron, while it may end up in the hands of a wide receiver, it's gotten there because a tight end has done his job somewhere else in the formation. So this offense is clicking on all cylinders and particularly in the red zone. He is the great Riley Nelson. We are back with more of the BYU Store. Cougar kickoff show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We ended our last segment uh, with a word on BYU's red zone success, which includes no giveaways inside the 20. In fact, BYU has no giveaways of any kind anywhere on the field since the San Diego State game last December. BYU is on a three-game turnover-free streak. Dates back to at least 1972 that they've never had a streak like this with three straight turnover-free games. And over the last 13 games, in essence, uh, a full football season, if you will, BYU has only eight giveaways. On the flip side, over Arizona State's last 13 games, they have an FBS best 38 takeaways. So eight giveaways for BYU, 38 takeaways for ASU. Expect ASU to turn up the heat on Jaron Hall to see how he handles it. Yeah, I think one of the keys for the game that I'll mention later is Jaron Hall has to win the game from the pocket, not get flustered by a very experienced defensive backfield for this Arizona State defense, and I think he'll handle that well. He's also, listen, he's going to attack and he's going to put pressure on them in other ways by extending plays and, and uh, using his feet. And I know the big men up front together with Tyler Algier are going to force Arizona State to stop the run before you know they really start to force the ball down the field. Here's another thing, Greg. I went back and looked over those 13 games. It's been a little bit feast or famine. They have been consistent, but they against bad teams, they really have doubled down on the turnover margin. BYU is not a bad team. They're a very good team that protects the ball. So like I said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if you know an interception or, or one fumble happens, but I think BYU will limit that and uh, be able to respond to that adversity well. And we should note, uh, no takeaways for ASU last week against 
UNLV. So they, they're not coming in exactly on a roll that way, but historically they do tend to take it and take it away on a pretty regular basis. Now, BYU plus three in turnover margin this season, but it's uh, more than just the offense taking care of the football. Uh, the BYU defense has three takeaways, uh, two picks and a fumble recovery. Cougs have six sacks over two games. They stay fresh all over the field. They have these hockey line changes and then some. We're seeing a ton of man coverage that allows a, a DC Elisa Tuiaki to dial up some pressures. Riley, if anyone expected BYU to step back on defense this year, early indications are that might be a mistaken impression. This is a pretty feisty group. It most definitely is, and it's led by a deep and experienced linebacking, linebacking core. Greg, I feel like we've been calling the names Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, you know. Keenan uh, Peely. Keenan Peely. Yeah, we've been. Ben Bywater. I, my whole career in the, being in the booth with you. These yeah. have been the same names that we've been calling. Obviously, guys like Isaiah Kafusi were big contributors, but that linebacking core is the center. They're that intermediary. Yeah, they're not the first line of defense, and they're not the last line of defense, but they're the, they are the glue that holds together those two pieces. You mentioned in our pregame live show about the performance of the cornerbacks. They obviously, the, I think BYU has a depth and skill level of that position that they have not seen in years and it's allowed them to do scheme it's allowed them to install and implement schemes that we haven't seen in years and it's all paying extreme dividends as this defense uh, while the offense and Jaron Hall get a lot of the limelight like they always have at BYU uh, the defense is no slouch and definitely uh, observe deserving of notoriety in their own right yeah really it's a playmaking group and and they have a nice tackles for loss number without having to record a ton of sacks necessarily too they're, they're kind of just getting losses uh, sideline to sideline which is a real nice uh, notation on this group coming up we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens after we tell you that mouth-watering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium for fresh off-the-grill chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp, Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. And heads up, folks, text the word aloha. Text the word aloha to 61090. That's the word aloha to 61090. That's 61090, the word aloha, to get 15% off your next meal at Coconut Island Grill. By the way, one of the owners of Coconut Island Grill is former BYU linebacker and Canadian Aaron Wagner. Aloha, Aaron. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from the Velibrid Stadium in Provo on the new skit, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Running to the right side and right into scoring territory. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. National Anthem. Let's pause now. Ten seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, to BYU and Arizona State to kicking it off at 8.20 here in Provo. Both teams coming in 2-0 on the year. And uh, tonight's game featuring a two mobile 
and productive quarterbacks. Uh, ASU's Jaden Daniels averaging almost nine yards per carry while completing 73% of his passes. Running back Rashad White has multiple rushing touchdowns in four straight games coming into tonight. Uh, this team grinds it on the ground while keeping you honest on the edges and in contain. Defensively, we've already hit on how uh, takeaway happy this ASU team is. Riley, what would concern you most when sizing up the Sun Devils? It would be the mobile abilities of the quarterback. Uh, Gunnar Cruz for Arizona stayed in the pocket, as evidenced by his almost 50 passing attempts. And Charlie Brewer, he, while he got out of the pocket once, I think, for a positive gain, he is not fleet of foot and by no means a running quarterback. It poses a significant challenge. We BYU knows that because we've observed Jaron Hall be that kind of a problem for opposing defenses. So it would be that the, this is the first time that this 2021 defense, while many of them have faced mobile quarterbacks in the past, that this particular unit has faced a very skilled and productive mobile quarterback. And so the one thing that makes me a little bit nervous is that they're able to control the game. He's able to make big plays. And if the offense perhaps sputters or doesn't get the momentum going quickly, it's in Arizona State's hands, and then you're, and then you're tra- playing catch-up the entire game. That said... I imagine that Coach Tuiaki and Coach Sitake have had this team well prepared to handle the unique challenge that Jaden Daniels presents for this defense. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, it's been a very solid start to the season for BYU, obviously. And one of the areas in which BYU has been excellent has been in the kicking game. Jake Oldroyd has tied a school record with 15 consecutive field goal makes. We'll see if he kicks tonight. We didn't see him in pregame. Uh, Ryan Rico is crushing the ball when he's asked to, to punt it. Uh, pretty comfortable feeling right now when the kickers take the field. Their performance is a big part of this 2-0 start. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when looking at very successful football teams, you can't just have a good offense and defense. You need a special teams unit that not only you can rely on, uh, but that you can count on in big moments of big games. You know, first off, and, and hopefully Jake can go tonight, um, when you have a field goal kicker who can kick and make 50-plus yard field goals, it widens your scoring window as you can now score from further out um, have you not had that kind of weapon. Um, but it also op- opens up the playbook when you get closer to the goal line. You can be more aggressive and take shots knowing that you have that safety net in three points. So Jake has been key. Hopefully he can go tonight. Um, and to Ryan Rico, you know, the way he can flip the field and influence the average starting field position in BYU's favor has more impact on the outcome of a game than people realize. You know, if you can continually make the opponent have 80-plus yard scoring drives, it's so much harder for that offense to convert and pile on the points. Um, he's got a strong lead and, and gets better every single game. And so excited to see what they do tonight. Um, they're going to need him here against Arizona State. Thank you, Mitch. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from LaVale Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar fans, it's time to gear up and get ready for some BYU sports. The BYU Store is the number one source for all your quality, authentic BYU clothing. We carry the latest Nike sideline clothing, just like the BYU players and coaches wear. This year's game day shirt comes in three colors and is only $10.99. Get